0: Hello and welcome to Blackpool 6 latest Thrive podcast. My name is Curtis Jackson. I'm the head of human resources at Blackpool 6.
1: And hi, my name is Amanda Crumblehume. I'm the assistant principal for business support at Blackpool 6. And we want to talk to you today around the way that we want to help people think and act differently about mental health problems. And it's something that we've worked really hard on in college over the last few years to ensure that people feel that they can have those open conversations and access the support that is available to them and just acknowledge that it's okay not to be okay. Our journey with this started a number of years ago when we became aware of the Time to Change campaign that was very much around breaking down the stigma around mental health problems. And what we did at that point was sign a pledge to say that As a college and as a community, we were going to work really hard to reduce that stigma and to help people think and act differently. And we've done an awful lot of work over the last few years to enable that to happen since we signed the pledge. And we have regular time to talk days. And one of the campaigns as part of that has been around asking twice So if people want to just check in, you know, we we need to do that regularly. And it's ever more important during the current pandemic and the lockdown situation that we do that. And so the work that we've done around breaking down the stigma has been incredibly helpful along the way to get us to where we are now.
0: And it is, and you said breaking down the stigma. If you're ill physically, you'll go to a doctor or say, I've got a cold or I've broken my arm. And it is that, making normal normalizing talking about poor mental health in the same way so if you're having poor mental health days openly admitting that everyone's journey with poor mental health is different mine is that i've i've suffered from low moods throughout my later life and this was heightened in in lockdown so the low mood days it's it's a stigma it's internal stigma as well i think when we're when we're talking about stigma i compartmentalized everything and told myself that there's nothing to feel rubbish about and it's it's breaking down that wall in your own head as well that poor mental health is normal.
1: And it's absolutely okay to, to accept that you will have low days because we all do. And what we all do is we deal with that in our own individual ways. And like you say, Curtis, it's very much around how that impacts on you. And there's so much research been done about ways in which you can improve your well-being and things that you can do that are your own personal coping, coping mechanisms during that time, because, you know, don't worry. I think really is the message that you you are having a low mood day, because that is normal. And there are ways that you can help yourself. And one of those ways, things like the five ways to well-being and and connections is something that, you know, is really important in in that. And obviously, currently face-to-face connections are really difficult, but that doesn't mean you can't talk to someone. It doesn't mean you can't meet with new people, albeit it might be virtually that you do that. And just finding the time in your day to make sure you have those conversations to try to reduce some of that isolation. Um, there's Again, there's so much evidence around physical activity. Um, that's associated with reducing those kind of rates of depression and anxiety and finding ways that work for you you know just because you do something somewhere doesn't mean that's the right way for anybody else but there are different ways that you can do that and trying to just get outside and and take notice of things and being mindful you know use those mindfulness practices around being in that moment and trying to consider the environment around you and and think about how you can put your mind in a different place almost. And and learning is something that helps us to um, encourage and enhance self-esteem and social interaction along the way as well. And, you know, for me, and I say this regularly, every day is a learning day and it's not losing sight of that really. And it can be little things about just finding out something new about people that you work with or reading or doing some sort of crossword activity, or, or, you know, finding a a way to express yourself through art or music or those kind of things. And, and just finding a different way to do things that gives you that natural distraction. Um, And there's been, again, a lot of work around participation in um, giving and helping of others, and that, you know, individuals who are helping other people are often more likely to feel happy themselves. So there's lots of sort of small things that we can do, and it's just about finding ways that work for you. And we know that lockdown has, has heightened that. And Curtis, you talk about that personally. How, how did it impact you during lockdown?
0: Well, like I said, I, I had low mood days throughout, throughout my life, and I kind of you kind of shake them off, and like I said, you kind of tell yourself there's nothing to feel rubbish about. But I think lockdown, and you mentioned there the Connections, lockdown it really heightened it and those low mood days got more and more so it wasn't just a day here and there it was days on end and it is I think you feel the guilt because you know there's people in the world that are worse off than you and it's it's and it doesn't make what you're thinking any less of an issue because I've got amazing friends and a wonderful husband and family and I love my job and my colleagues so that when I think about it in that way, I was, I, you do get the guilty feeling of why? Why do I feel like this? And for, for me, the low mood days there was a there was a feeling of numbness and darkness, and it was it was a struggle to get out of bed, leave the house. There was a the lack of drive and concentration, and I, I I admit that I wasn't as productive as normal. I was still doing what I needed to do, but probably not in the best way. And I think with seeing people day in day out. I think others would probably notice it more but you put you put a front up and you wouldn't let people see that side of you but more in lockdown when you don't see as many people I think it is it's easier to to dwell on that and and not let people see that side of you
1: yeah and I think that's really difficult isn't it because you know we met daily during lockdown but you know you probably did put that front on during that time but there was a time wasn't there where we did then have a really open conversation about it and i suppose for me um it's interesting for me to think what what did it take for you to get to that point where we had that conversation and you know we talk a lot about asking twice and making sure that people are aware that they can have that communication with you at a point where they're ready for you to do that so was there a point was there something that made you think that that was the time to have that conversation.
0: There was. I was lucky enough to be considered for promotion, and and I was, and I got the job. So I was. And at that stage, most people, if they're offered a, a job, which is a perfect job for you, there'd be joy, there'd be happiness. But I, I was appointed, and there was no. I didn't have feeling a feeling for it. And at that stage, I was like, I need to. I need to sort myself out. I need to ask for help. And it isn't. It isn't an admission of defeat. it. And like you said, then it's it's about realizing when you're ready to talk about it and knowing that there's people there to listen. So and when and I think on the flip side of it, it's when it's the other person as well. So when I said to you that I need to talk and I essentially offloaded on on you, it's kind of how did you feel about that?
1: Yeah, and and I think different people would respond to that in different ways. Obviously, I've been spending a lot of time looking at mental health and how we can support people with mental health. So it's something that's at the very forefront of my mind. So, of course, my immediate response was that I wanted to to help you to find a way through that. So I hope that what I did was enable you to talk openly. I listened. And I think the thing that I wanted to make sure that I didn't do in any way was diminish what you were thinking. You know, we were talking at a time where, you had just been hugely successful based on everything that you'd been doing. And as you say, you wanted to feel joy and, and happiness about that. And I wanted to be able to recognise how wonderful that was for you. But actually, you were in a place there where you were in not feeling that way. So, you know, what I wanted to do was work through that with you and and, and talk you through what, what it was you were feeling so that we could Hopefully, together, find a way through it for you. And I don't know how that felt for you when we had that conversation.
0: It's knowing that there was someone there to speak to. And I know you asked me throughout, and many people have asked me throughout, Are you okay? And whilst I said yes, I wasn't, but it wasn't the time for me to admit that I wasn't okay. And I think it, it is, it's not admission of, of, of defeat. And I know I said that, but it's not admitting defeat. It is knowing that there's people there to support you when you're ready for that support
1: and actually I would say it's quite the opposite of an admission of defeat I would say it shows great strength to be able to have those conversations and I think you're right that there will be times where you feel that that you're not ready to do that but then what you did was at a point where you felt no I really need to do something about that you did and I think that you know, is so crucial, and I hope that some of that is because of the the things that we've been doing and around college and that breaking down of the stigma that made you feel, do you know what? Actually, it's fine for me to to do that, and because I probably ask more than twice. You know, I think that's important, isn't it? But what I think we can do is try and look for cues. You know, if somebody's not quite themselves. Um, they might not say so straight away, but keep giving them that in, keep giving them that opportunity to, to have that conversation, because actually there will become a point in time where somebody might feel now's the time for me to have that discussion. So if you've got any doubts or any concerns, just, you know, gently, pleasantly as part of conversation, just, you know, do those regular check-ins. And, and I think that's really, really important. And hopefully what people will eventually feel is that there's a point where they can have that that discussion
0: it isn't like you said there, it's I think it's the invitation
1: yeah they might not
0: take that invitation there and then but they know the invitation's there when they're ready
1: yeah definitely can I ask how lockdown's going for you this time Curtis
0: it's a lot better I think now I've, I've, I've part I've accepted that part of of me I, I, got, I got some external help as well and during that I was asked how that Dark days made me feel, and I said I hate the dark days. And the support then said, "Do you actually hate it?" And I didn't really understand what they meant then. But now I realise that hating that part of me only brings back that the thoughts of guilt. So I've accepted it, and it is a part of me. It doesn't define who I am, but it's a part of me. And again, this is personal to me, and it's for everyone else or anyone else suffering from poor mental health. It is. It's not a one size fits all solution. So for me, each day. I'll take half an hour and think about the day and the tasks. I'll think about the things in my head. Uh, I'll think about the true thoughts and the tasks that I need to do and think about logically how to do that. And then I think about the theoretical and hypothetical issues I've had and think, are they true and are, are they important to me right now? And it's not an instant fix. But taking that time, that half hour, just to think about the day and try and box off the things that are playing on your mind, and having people like you on my other half who I'm now happier to talk to about and just saying I've had poor mental health is a massive weight off my shoulders and again it might not be for everyone else and it might not be as quick a fix but it does things do get better
1: and and I think you know that that support that you had has had a a really beneficial impact on you hasn't it and I think some people are nervous to ask for support and going back to that stigma around it. Um, you know, there's nothing shameful. There's nothing to feel guilty about. The support is there because actually it can make such a big difference for people. And support looks different to different people. Um, obviously, we've got lots of internal support for both our staff and through our, for our students, through our pastoral mentors, counselling, uh, the Thrive platform, which has got just tons of information and support and advice and guidance, as has the staff health and wellbeing platform. There's loads of guidance there, but sometimes maybe just a conversation is also what you need. And it's just finding the right avenue to do that. And of course, there's lots of external support. And we, you know, we mustn't forget that our doctors, the mental health services, there's telephone support through the samaritans there's tech support through shout for instance on um 85258 there's lots of immediate things that you can do to get some support but just the thing i think that we gained most from this is that opportunity to have that discussion and knowing that you could have that discussion
0: and it's normalizing it's normalizing those discussions as well so making it acceptable if you're if you're struggling Making seeing a counsellor as normal as seeing a doctor for your physical health.
1: Yeah. And that's the point that you made at the beginning, isn't it? Because, you know, it's equally as important that we support people through that. And we don't see that there is any difference between the two. And people such as yourself, Curtis, sharing your personal experiences and the journey that you've been on hopefully really helps others appreciate that actually there is sometimes you know a way of doing something that's that you can do that's that will help you to move forward and it's just finding what works for you individually but knowing that that is there for you is really really important.
0: It is and knowing that the the college is committed to breaking down the stigma I think has helped me a lot to be able to talk about it and like you mentioned there, the support's there for you. But whatever life throws at you, you can handle it. And that, and you can trust me on that. You can handle it. You're never alone. And there's support. As Amanda's just said, there is support at the college. So I just want to sign off with take care, be kind to yourself and each other. And thank you for listening.